Okay, so welcome to Conscious Cuppers. My name is Nikki and I'm here to share nourishing content on topics close to my heart to inspire you to open your hearts to life, to people and to consciously create a life that feels true for you. I'm so excited and honoured to have my Aussie adopted parents here with me today, Meta and Frank. I couldn't wait to get you guys on the podcast because staying with you has had such an impact on my life and my growth and I'm so excited to share more about that so thank you so much for joining me hi Nikki hi Nikki hello thank you guys good to see you you too so yeah just to give people a little bit of a background um I met Meta and Frank when I was on my two and a half year um journey in Australia and they live in a beautiful rural part of New South Wales, Australia, in a really amazing home that used to be a church. It's a really unique, big, beautiful space filled with their creations, so much handmade different things there, um, little nooks, kombuchas, pickles, ferments and memories. The best pantry that I've ever <laughs> that I've ever seen, um, which is just like a proper apothecary, floor to ceiling, proper Mother Nature's medicine cabinet, uh, the best spongy lawn that I've ever trodden on, and a bountiful garden of beautiful edibles and flowers. And they really, from my experience, really live in harmony with nature, harvesting and conserving water, compost, edible weeds and veggies, and enjoying vibrant dishes that they forage fresh each day, sharing their love in many ways in the community and giving back to the land. And I landed at this magical place because I found them on couch surfing which if you're not familiar is a global host platform where you can stay with different hosts and you often get matched with people with the same interests as you so it's a really beautiful way to travel and it's about exchange rather than monetary so it's yeah I've had some incredible experiences on couch surfing and I found Meta and Frank on there when I was at a time when I felt like I really needed grounding and to feel at home and I asked if I might be able to stay for a longer time than host might normally stay and I think I ended up with you for 10 months is that right guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so much oh thank you honestly you guys really welcomed me not only into your home but into your lives completely and it was such a special experience for me to receive such kindness when I was on the other side of the world and I was really moved by it it was something that I hadn't experienced I think I'm not going to speak for the whole of England but to really open your doors to a stranger in that way and share meals, introduce them to your friends, your community, your whole lifestyle and to be so open to sharing and teaching and learning together was just so nourishing and 
I'd love to hear from you if that community mindset was something that you were brought up with or how did that come into your life the value of community I um, was definitely brought up that way um, my parents uh, often had often taken people in that were not well or were struggling and um, looked after them until they were well and um, were happy to move on um, it was often or not often but I would come home when I've been traveling to find a stranger in my bed, in my, my bedroom, <laughs> um, that, that, that mum would say, oh, you'll be right, you can sleep somewhere else, this person needs your bed. And um, that's just how they were. I think, I think they came from a, a world in Holland that was very poor and you had to look after each other to survive. And they brought that with them when they migrated to Australia. Um, I'm sure there's many other families that, would feel exactly the same way and so as we grew up that's just what we did um, we looked after each other in our community um, my parents were quite religious and so you know Christmas time we'd go down to um, the postmaster who was in the second world war and he was really poorly and he didn't want to have any visitors so mum would gather us all together with dad and we'd go and sing Christmas carols under his Christmas window <laughs> under his window and <laughs> We didn't think too much of it, but in hindsight, it must have been quite um, overwhelming for old Mr Gordon to have these little kids outside singing, you know, like all these, you know, Merry Christmas songs. Um, yeah. And I know my sister still does it in England, <laughs> you know, grabs one of her friends and just goes around the streets in Penzance and sings Christmas carols at the top of their voices. So <laughs> yeah. they're, they're things that um, you don't think much of when you're growing up, but as an adult, it, 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 it's something to reflect on as, as being really important um, to create a good community and to um, be able to contribute like that gives you also um, health within yourself. Uh, so now I, I, I tend to share um, whenever I can what I have and um, enjoy that. It's um, the best way to be able to live, I think, and it means meeting people like you, Nikki, and um, many other people. I know the, the Just Dance community in Newcastle, we're often just sharing ideas and more than happy to share my knowledge with people that are wanting to learn. Yeah, just finding mm. people who are wanting to learn is an important thing, I think, yeah, than any, anything that you have that you can give. Mm. Mm. Yeah, thank you. And one of the big things that I learned from experiencing life with you was that, you know, it's not just money that's a currency, you know, and I feel like in the modern world, people can be attached to, you know, need to earn this much money to pay for that thing and to actually get back to your roots and exchange things and not just even material things but the knowledge and the wisdom like you were saying within your community I have mm -hmm. fond memories of you know going with you to take the homemade kimchi to the local organic avocado farm to exchange with them and that mm -hmm. just feels amazing doesn't it to actually trade and you know the idea of community being people having different interests and skills and passions and coming together and then there's everything that you need between you yeah 
it's it's um it's nice to be able to do that and each person has something different to contribute if you're willing to listen to what they have you know um i don't have chooks and like our neighbors do and so just in that exchange of whatever we have with them is a nice way of communicating on a, a base level but then you also develop friendships through that um i know a lot of people have been in lockdown with covid um not so much this past six months but prior to that and so we didn't want to go out very much at all but our neighbor um, on the Newcastle side would walk each day and we just got to chatting to him while we were tending the garden that you put the fig tree in which is actually mm-hmm. <laughs> fruiting now we've been eating figs off that oh, thank okay. you yeah it's taller than I am and um yeah just through talking to um Joe, we got to know a lot about them and so we've since been down to visit them. People that have got something to share um, that you're not aware of and it's just so nice to link up with people like that. It's um, it's good and all along the Marsh Road, you know, there's people that we swap things with. Not all the time. Um, I don't like to pester people, but, yeah, it's, it's good um, to be able to do that and just communicating in general on a base level instead of being on you know like social media all the time mm. and I, I think that's a fairly shallow way to communicate um it's it's important i know it's important an important tool to keep in touch but i think you can spend just too much time there um you need to be outside and um talking face to face to people it's much more beneficial mm. definitely it was lovely how, how you um, got to, to uh, get on with all our children as well. And yes. They were very accepting of you and, and you, you spent um, time with them you know, for different occasions with Kim's Place in Sydney for birthday parties. And that was lovely. That's the mm-hmm. part I enjoyed. Yeah, becoming, most of all, yeah but, becoming one of our family members. Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. And, I remember early on when I think it was before I moved in, and you'd said that they'd already been joking about me being like an adopted daughter, and I remember being like, "Wow, this is it's just amazing to have feel that family." You know, when you when you are away from home, and honestly, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, you you never know, do you, which way your path would have gone? But I really don't know if I would have stayed as long in Australia and, and really like found my feet and had the depth of experience that I wanted to have on my mm. travels if I hadn't had that family base and been really welcomed in so I'll be forever grateful for that. Uh, um, that's so lovely to hear um, it was a total pleasure having you here and um in, in sharing my knowledge, I'm also learning, you know, there's, there's always more to be, be learned about um, different people's lives and um, how they behave in certain instances. And, yeah, it's just um, a beautiful way to be. You know, we've had a, a few other people that have stayed with us as well and I always feel really sad to see them go. Um, I'm in contact with um, two of them still um, on a regular basis and, it's it's having people in your own house develop such strong friendships. Um, it's different to meeting someone down the street or just as a you know, a you know a casual meeting. I think you learn more about people when you're living with them because you not only see their good sides but you also see the the, the bad sides or, or the 
the, the slumps in the, you know, like everything's not always happy. You, you go through these rises and falls, or at least I do, um, and it, it's good to be able to um, see both those emotions and, and the, the in-betweens and, and work through them and understand each other much better. It's, um, I think you learn a lot from people when they're not in their best headspace as well and from that learning you can apply it to your own life and think yeah okay I can get through this and you know just you know keep chugging along and you know there's things I can help myself with and if people learn from that from me that's even better than just I'm normally happy but you know I like to be able to understand that you're not always happy is important yeah definitely and that's I remember some of the things that you guys taught me were around that of sort of like being a whole person with the highs and the lows and being able to share my feelings. And I think you said to me early on, Meta, that I think you said something like, um, you know, I might have my cranky days, but I'll probably be downstairs creating something and like in my own space when I'm feeling like that. And I was like, wow, it's so like empowering and inspiring to hear like say what they need um something that I've learned Mm. a lot more since you know continuing on my journey as well like those those seeds were planted and helped me to learn about boundaries and communication and you know because we all want real connection don't we we don't want surface level just the good bits we want the whole spectrum because that's what makes us a whole human sharing your meals the the meal i remember most that 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 you you um cooked was the uh, tuna with the olives and capers oh yeah it's uh, a tasty one <laughs> it was <laughs> it's quite rich that's what isn't i loved it? about you know, sharing sharing ideas about food and your your diets that you you had was, yeah, well, was uh, quite an interesting part of of your life yes trying to sort out health problems and things yeah that, that yeah. was um, yeah a, a huge learning curve for for us too it's something which was um that's obviously turned out very positive for you Yes, yeah, I think I'd got a lot of, um, like, physical and mental things going on, hadn't I? But having such access to whole foods from the garden doesn't get much better than that, does it? And, you know, just the joy of knowing that you're eating fresh food in that way. And not only that, but going out and picking it every day, you know, barefoot and we'd get a foraging basket and go and collect the different herbs. Whenever I tell anyone about that, they're like, oh, my God, that's the dream. That's so special. (laughs) (laughs) Edible flowers. (laughs) Fridge forage. Yeah. Yeah. Learning learning how to identify plants and um, how they benefit you. It's it's a, a vital part of living in my book yeah. um, you don't always have to eat the same thing each day um, you can let your body guide you to a certain degree as well yeah it's um, really lovely to be able to do but I think a lot of uh, I see a lot of people that say I can't do it and I don't 
understand that. I think the first step to doing this thing, well, I'll try and often try and um, lead you to the path of just, yeah, I can do it. Um, so that's... Um, I, I, I imagine that there'd be places that in the city that it would be difficult, but there's always room to plant some foods and so you can got, you've got something fresh to have there yeah, or sourcing people around you that have got places that you can access chickweed and, you know, like the things that grow in your garden that aren't bought in the supermarkets that are so delicious to eat. Um, but being able to recognise them is really important and how to turn them into medicines by preserving them. That's um, an important part of my life as well. Um, oh, making yeah. teas out of all the flowers. There's so many flowers that you can turn into teas. I'm still learning um, things that have been in my garden. I've always looked at and thought, oh, they're pretty. But now in my teapot, <laughs> dried. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah, having a cup good. of tea at your house is the absolute best. You're like, what do you want? And there's like jars of all sorts of beautiful different colours and you'll, you'll know like the properties of them and it just feels so connected, you know. You might as well stock pantry. Yes, the best pantry. Oh, and mm. I feel like as well being living in more of a community mindset does help to live more seasonally because like you say you've got you know that you're going to exchange that with that person and that's in season at this time and do you feel like that helps you really like stay connected to the seasons definitely yeah um if you can use the teas as an example i'm just finished the finishing the summer teas that i made um i make them in well um, i gather enough so i've got um, two litre jars you know the big olive jars that you get um two kilo ones yeah. I got gifted a whole lot of those from a local farmer and so that seems to be a good quantity to see me through from season to season like I give some away obviously or some I swap for other things but um yeah and it sort of makes me reflect on when I was harvesting it as well so it not only gives you a connection with the actual seasons but it gives you a connection with the the continuity of it uh, you know I finished the summer one there's not real lot to be harvested at the moment. there's plenty of um uh, native violet because we've had it so wet and plantain and that kind of stuff but yeah it's a really nice nice way to reflect on the changing of the seasons um this spring we had so much white clover in our front yard um I banned Frank from mowing a huge patch and so every afternoon I'd go out and harvest and dry it and it was drying by the next afternoon it'd be dry so I I just bottled lots and lots and lots of that and um mixed it with the geranium and the, the calendula um and mint that was also prolific at the time and I made managed to make two big jars and I thought I'm oh, don't know that I'll be able to use that and then they had an appeal for the floods up um, Lismore the whole town went completely under there was no shops there was nothing and so um, Joya a friend of mine and her partner went up and um, to help in like a, a soup kitchen so people could just come in and get food and so I sent that big jar up so it wasn't wasted um, yeah, and I noticed a few pictures and it was just of their, of their kitchen supplies and I could see my jar going down so I'm going oh, yes they picked it yeah. <laughs> It was a really nice, not not true feedback, but um, it was just nice to see that being utilised. And yeah. you never know when you'll be able to do something like that, hey, and yeah. it's um, really good with the seasonal seasonal flow. Yeah, you yeah. got to see firsthand um, the summer season with the at the vegetable stall. 
yeah. all, all the different things our local farmers were growing at the veg and supplying to the vegetable store where where Matt was working. Mm. Yeah, so being connected not only by your sort of contributions in the community, but also in the work that you're doing, an aspect of that being connected to the seasons as well. I know that that's important to you guys too. We only finished up there a few, few uh, oh, was month, month or so ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And I also love hearing your stories of when you just literally had your backpacks and Frank's motorbike in the early days and you went off you know on your travels around Australia and I wonder if do you feel like because you were already so rooted in community and those values that even when you were on the road with you know not much with you you still felt connected to community and how did you stay connected to community through that through that time in your life before you put down some roots where you are now? Um, I travelled quite a lot, um, firstly in New Zealand. Um, I went right, hitchhiked right around the whole of North, South and Stewart Island. And in those days I just used to um, play a lot of pool and so i just go and, and, you know, play pool and get to meet the locals in the pubs. Um, which was really nice and got to meet a lot of people there and then I worked for some time and um, I, I like to talk. So just, you know, meeting up with the, the kitchen staff and just making friends with the people that were cooking in, in, in the kitchen. Um, I, I stayed connected with one of the pastry chef because I really like pastries mm. um, and we made good friends. So we, I kept writing to um, that particular person and, when Frank and I got married, we went to New Zealand for our honeymoon and went and looked up that person who was um, re quite retired for quite some time. But that's just really nice doing connections like that. You meet people along the way and you connect with some of them and remain in contact with them for a long, long time. Um, when I was travelling in um, England, you know, I was hitchhiking again. Um, I found that a really convenient way to meet people and get to know the locals. I think when you travel on public transport, you tend to not um, associate with them as much, whereas when you're travelling and you're hitchhiking, you're, you're, you're talking to people that live in the area nine times out of ten and people would just say, oh, you're new to the area, uh, would you like to have a look around? And I'm going, oh, yeah. And so they just sort of drive you to all of the tourist places or the, the things that they thought were really nice and, you know, sometimes we'd say, oh, you know, come back and stay with me if you like and or with us. And so you get invited into their homes. And I've always thought that that was, I was always very grateful for that. And, and I've sort of picked up hitchhikers and brought them home as well here, kind of reciprocating um, mm -hmm. in that way. And I've never had a problem with it. Like people go, oh, you know, you should be more careful. But I think there's a lot more trustworthy people in there are. Um, that are, are bad or that want to make you know, want to do you harm, and you can't live in fear. It's you just can't. It's um, it's no good for you. And trusting people is important. And by showing people trust, they then trust you. And that's that's I think the the catalyst for making friends and, and understanding people. Um, yeah, that's just me though. Like not everybody's like that. <laughs> I'm with you there. I mean, I feel like we need to just navigate 
what feels right for us, don't we? You know, when I went to New Zealand, I did not think I'd be hitchhiking, but I made amazing connections. And my friend said to me, you know, you don't have to get in the car with anyone, just see how you feel. And I met incredible people and it opens your heart so much when you do trust people, like you say, and, and makes you see that there are so many good people in the world. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Definitely prefer to travel that way than on a bus with a guidebook you know it's um <laughs> ask people for recommendations and yeah did you feel like when you were on your travels on the bike you were connected to community through the work that you were finding or how did it feel for you at that time in your life community I with some places here um I went from barmaiding, which was always a good seasonal job. Um, I did that in um, Land's End um, in UK. And I connected with the community there. There was a lot of tourists, though, when I was there, which is why they employed me. So there was a lot of yobbos from the city um, that all they wanted to do was sort of drink and cause havoc. Um, but I also connected with the locals there and sort of met some really lovely people I was living in a tent at the back of the pub when I was doing that I always just traveled with a tent and sleeping bag so um that was um interesting um people say oh, I haven't got any accommodation I said oh, I've got my own accommodation I'm fine thank you <laughs> all right start with <laughs> yep I'm <on> back <laughs> sleeping bag <laughs> tent on the back with a backpack and in Holland um I worked in a homeopathic hospital or in two homeopathic hospitals and I got to meet a lot of people through that. I also had a, an auntie who I was living with. Um, and so the family connection was really strong for me there because I didn't know them. I'd only met a lot of my relatives once before when I was 16. And um, then when I went back to stay with my auntie in um, Sized, um, they have um, a lot of um, family gatherings and it's it's uh, it was really lovely and I think an important part of my life as well to see how the Dutch do it um with um when like when you go to a birthday party they they say um congratulations to everyone it's not just the birthday person like you know it sort of took me by surprise the first time it was my auntie's birthday and they all say oh yeah like congratulations and I'm going oh thank you well I'm not quite sure why but come in <laughs> Oh, I absolutely I didn't take long to work out why everybody was capillicitated. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Um, and so just getting those connections and I found that with um, some of my cousins, um, that connection remained a lifelong connection when I went back in 2013. My um, cousin, who's about uh, six months older than me, we spent a lot of time when I was in Holland um, together and as soon as we we linked up again it was like we we never left each other um, even though uh, I'd say probably 40 years had passed since we'd spoken to each other apart from on Facebook a bit and it was just amazing to have that link which happens it's a unique feeling that doesn't happen with everybody that I meet but there are certain people and the minute I meet them I know that they're going to be soulmates and um, it's a really beautiful thing to have happen and um, 
I can't explain why it happens. Um, maybe you have an answer because I don't. It's just a, um, it's, it's, it's you know, unexplainable to me how I have those connections. You're one of them. Um, there was another person, Sophia, who came and stayed with us and, and her mum came and as soon as she walked in the house, it was like we'd known each other. Um, and we, we immediately um, were friends. And when she left, it's, she said, it's just like I've been here for three years and I've only been here for a very short period of time and neither of us could explain why. It's um, just one of those things that happens um, with yeah. souls, I think. Mm. Wow, thank you, Mr. That's so lovely. I feel that too when you just feel that connection and it's like no words are needed, but you can just see in each other's eyes that, you're just one do you know what I mean it's that sort of oneness I find with certain people where mm. you just it's like that knowing that trust that deep familiarity that yeah I really do believe that um we do meet these soulmates at, at all different times of our lives and it does feel so special to form those connections and like you say you could have friends yeah. for many years and then meet someone for a very small amount of time and you already feel so connected it's it's really special and that's why it's so beautiful to explore the world isn't it with an open heart and know that we we do have our soul family out there wherever they may be and and go and find yeah. them <laughs> and it, it's it's very um heartwarming when you do find people like that you think ah oh, you don't have to explain a lot of things you, they just accept what you are and and move from there and, and then you can have this whole exploring world that you can travel between and it's sort of like mycelium it just keeps on going out and out and out and yeah it's but it's one body but it's just all of these um tendrils of it that are going through those people mm. definitely and it is beautiful to feel so connected to people even if they are a far a long way away geographically um, it is like a, a global family, isn't it? It's amazing. I'm, yep. I'm very excited for a time when I can come back to Australia and see everybody one of the years. <laughs> that will definitely happen at some point. Yeah. Um, when Sophia left um, to go back to um, um, Bavaria and and she said, oh, I'm coming back. And I'm going, oh, if you can. But I never believed in my wildest dreams that she'd come back. And she came back. What was it about 18 months ago now just when COVID was about was just starting to hit everywhere and I, I, I was just in tears when I thought I thought Sophie I didn't think I'd ever see you again and it was just so um precious yeah just having to be able to like we talked but on you know on social media but just to that warmth of holding someone close to you it's it's um it's a very precious feeling hmm. definitely yeah. just home with you Nikki <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Love to see you back here. I know, it'd be so amazing. And one mm. of these other things that I really admire about you guys is that your lives have been very creative. And like you said, Meta, when you were um, you know, working as a as a what did you say, a mate uh, maid in England? Uh, or a waitress? Uh, a barmaid. Yeah, so I just remember you telling me about you had like four or five handmade outfits for work in your wardrobe you know and you did these yeah. different jobs oh that was job. when I was that was when I was in Berrydale yeah mm. 
so yeah having these like diverse lifestyles where you do lots of different (laughs) things and and just keeping do you feel like your sort of your work and lifestyle has all been to support this fundamental life that you are passionate about living where you're connected to community creating sharing your passions with the world being your unique selves how do you feel like that's all sort of overlapped over the years and yeah well I guess um part of it was um being able to support myself financially um I found that if I I worked like one job five days a week it wasn't satisfying for me um I tend to enjoy doing a diverse range of things um when I was holding down five jobs at a time I was um waitressing teaching guitar teaching pottery um being a breakfast cook and doing housemating and that's when I had all the different uniforms lined up and I just go from one to another with a half hour sleep between them and then you know go out at night time and meet up and plus I was um, playing sport hockey as well and darts there was there was so much going on in my life at once um, in the snowy mountains but I, I loved it and I think the diversity of it kept my mind active and when I was doing the pottery, I was teaching, um, it was community youth support scheme. So I was teaching um, people, young um, adults that would have a lot of time on their hands because they couldn't find work, gave them something to do that would occupy their mind and hopefully have something that they could take home at the end of the day to show I can do something, you know, even if it's something really simple, at least I have some value in the world. Mm. Um and like I was teaching them a little bit of guitar as well. Um, and, I was te- oh, and I was teaching guitar at the local um, detention centre as well. Um, and so it gave me a real insight to a lot of different worlds in, in, like, in my day-to-day routines. But a lot of the work that I did was not financially driven. It still isn't. Um, pottery was never a, a, a money earner. Um, I was just there a few hours or like a morning a week. Um, the prison, I was there two mornings a week um, and the amount of work I put into the lessons and um, providing um, friendship, I guess, in, in the prison um, setting was really not going to support me paying my rent very much but altogether I I managed to get enough to to make ends meet and still enjoy life and you know I've I've not I don't think ever in my life been a a person that's taken on a job that's been really high highly paid and worked my butt off because I I just it doesn't it's it's my thing I just don't do it yeah it's much more fun um being able to get out and about and enjoy other people's company and um, sharing what I know and um, and taking in what other people share with me. Yeah, that's important. Absolutely. And seeing how everything overlaps as well. When, when we, for me, I know it was a very long journey to sort of stop identifying with the Nikki that had been, you know, studying that certain course forever and then doing my research and to actually like, peel that who am I beneath that and what am I passionate about what lights me up what do I want to do that feels 
exciting so that I can share that excitement sustainable energy with people rather than feeling drained and to just keep recognizing when I'm again finding myself in a box and being like okay this is what I do now and being like hang on I could do that within that this role as well and then slowly just seeing all the different things overlap it's really nice to hear your account of that because that's where I feel like I am now and by being open and saying what I'm into and you know discovering new little things through a job and ending up joining that organization and deciding to run that little workshop because it helped me so much and then you know just creating more of a holistic life isn't it it's not just work and life it's like the whole spectrum and how it all intertwines and doing things in our schedule that don't feel like work and being rewarded by you know for me at the moment it's the connections that I share with a lot of young people and one of my days is voluntary at the moment and I felt blown away when I got paid for it for a month but then the funding changed and I'm like you know what this nourishes me so much I'm just going to carry on doing it because it's not all about the money and I love my Wednesdays in school doing open theatre and connecting with different learners with different needs and that teaches me so much you know about like being present because you've got to just not have any prior plans really and just like flow with it with each person and we just learn these amazing lessons don't we when we put ourselves in these different spaces that we feel drawn to yeah and it's also you never know where those will take those avenues will take you to um you have to decide well I do need to get some kind of financial income coming in and just by sort of talking about that you might find oh someone's got you know a little bit of work here that that you could do for a while and 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 you commit to that for a while until you get back up and and you've got enough money behind you and you that's pretty much how I've lived a lot of my life you know bar mating is um one of the go-to waitressing was another one where you could just walk in and you know I've encouraged my my kids to if you're always if you're stuck just go to a tourist town and tell them you're looking for work and you not only get a job but you get fed um and you get to meet people and so what better job could you have than that when you you know you don't need a lot of money when you're just traveling around um and you know bar is much the same you get a roof over your head and most pubs have got meals attached to them um and then nursing which is kind of like healing the people that have been at the pub you know so you're, you're doing that mending side so you know yeah. <laughs> hello i seen you last <laughs> with you there. Mm, i know what's wrong with you yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't me <laughs> yeah, well, you had a different you. outfit on it <laughs> diversity to also be grounded which has come in more recently because I was a bit I was feeling a bit here there and everywhere you know and I'd feel really organized the beginning of the week and then it'd get to Thursday and I'd be like okay don't know where I'm going don't know what I'm wearing don't know what I'm eating tomorrow because I'd be like working for <laughs> I knew I was working but um mm. yeah to find 
the balance you know of of having the diversity also being grounded and having like enough income that you have got that flexibility and for me it's like the freedom to explore other things so working in term time is amazing because my whole summer is open to do other projects and I'm collaborating with a lovely little ethical coffee um shop that's going to be at festivals festivals that I really want to go to where me and my friend are going to work for them and also do workshops and provide workshops so you know just forming those collaborations in community I find that that comes a lot easier when we start doing what we're excited about because then you just meet the people that are you know open to sharing and learning from each other don't you and then before you know it you've arranged some brilliant events where you think oh I could do that and I can also help you by working making the drinks and yeah to just keep that trust that you know you might not have x amount of money coming in every single week for this many months of the year but look at all the things that you have got and you know just being a little bit more seasonal with that as well I suppose Mm. Yeah, um, and just like keeping your eyes open and your ears peeled for, you know, people that might need help and and um, are all are willing to, to go that way. You know, sometimes it might be a roof over your head or, you know, just like, um, you know, helping someone out for a week or two, if that's, mm. that's um, the sort of thing that you want to do. Yeah, mm. I don't know if that's everybody's cup of tea. Yes, that's it, isn't it? (laughs) Find what feels good for us. And I'm just curious as well about being so, having community so important to you guys. When you found your home where you are now, did you feel like uh, you know that you can sort of co create the community that you need wherever you are? Or did you feel like you? sort of needed to find the right place with the right people before you decided to move somewhere? Um, Where we live is not that far from where I grew up. And so there were some people still here that I knew from days gone by. Um, So we lived in Anna Bay first, which is probably about 10 minutes down the road. And um, I um, had our first child, Martin, and I immediately joined up with Playgroup. Um, I wanted to meet people that had young children. And so I thought the best way to do that is to go to a community-based group. And so I went along there and and before too long, I became the Playgroup secretary. um, And from there, I became the Port Stephens coordinator um just for putting my hand up and saying yeah I can do this and I'd love to do this um and then I became also on top of the coordinator I created their newsletters so like when Martin was tiny I'd be laying all all the news news out on the on the dining table and putting it all together and then printing it off at the you know where we're like the library or whatever and so that went on for many years organising by the, by the time Kim came along I was organising um, concerts um, big play like the play group get-togethers for the whole of Port Stephens and hiring out the local park and 
all the merry-go-rounds and the jumping castles and music. I used to take my guitar to the different playgroups and um, with Kim and Martin in tow and just sing nursery songs to the kids because I could and it was fun and I got to meet the other people on a more informal basis rather than sort of rocking up and saying, hi, I'm your um, Port Stevens coordinator, what are you doing? I just go there with a the guitar and say, hey, you kids, can you sing? I'm a little teapot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just, the parents would have to come out and see what you're doing, hey. <laughs> Um, so I, I guess I created around me people that I trusted um, as a, a new mother and um, formed some really sound friendships. Um, there's always people that will step up and say, yeah, I can do this, I'd love to do it. And those people were the ones that became my close friends and we worked together for many years Um with like I, I, we got to know each other's children um like preparing meetings and um organizing so many different things so that community then extended to when we moved to the house that we're in now with the church um i enrolled our children at the little school down the road here which is only 32 kids strong and basically went along the same lines you know i went to the first pnc meeting and and introduced myself and, you know, and they're going, oh, okay, cool. And I said, oh, we're going to have a, um, a do at the hall and we've got someone that's going to organise this and this and this, but we need a social committee. And whoever wasn't doing the other organising at the PNC became the social committee. I'm going, oh, cool, I like the way this place runs. <laughs> and so um, three of the new mums um, became the social committee and so I got to meet, you know, the mums and like our, old, our eldest sons now still good mates with the other social committee mum, you know, like this is like 30 odd years later. Huh? The kids. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, the kids still get together and, and it, it just became a very good um, community and I think with any community you get into it what you put out of it. I've been a, a firm believer in that. Um, and if you do it with... Um, with joy you know I want to do it oh, I'd love to do it and then putting putting everything you can into it you get so much out of it like I got to know all the young kids that went through the primary school I was there for 18 years as a volunteer in different roles um, and I don't think I hardly ever missed a PNC meeting because I just really loved the idea of being able to communicate with the parents and and seeing the children grow up through the school, some of them didn't flourish, um, and other ones did. But those kids are now my friends. Hey, like they've just grown up, and I see them as young adults and like more mature adults. And think, oh, you still think of them as you know young Jess or you know like the the the, the kiddies that you met. But they're they're fully flung adults and living really good lives. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's nice and knowing yeah. the parents. You know, becoming really good friends with the parents. It's um it's it's so important mm. to connect with your community on whatever level you can. Like you know, there, there, there's other ways of meeting people in your community without children, but I, I just found by having children it, it just wrote me in and kept me going for years and years and years, um, with so much to do and and um so much to share you know we were always down the primary school cooking something up to do as a fundraiser you know <laughs> it wasn't yeah. sort of by encouraging people to buy bricks to put their name on as 10 bucks a pop you know <laughs> pretty easy money making yeah. cookbooks and you know like perennial calendars and yeah it was good 
and just roping all the teachers in to do it with you. Don't know. I'm sure they always just say, look out, here comes Meta, she's after something. <laughs> then there was the hockey, oh, yeah. the community band yep. as well. Meta was involved in all those yep. as well. Yeah. Safety house committee. Yeah, yeah. Protecting the community. Yes, and, and how wonderful to be involved in all the, these different aspects of people's lives. And I feel like putting energy into things like community is something that just is ever unfolding, isn't it? Because it grows with you. And then when you're at a time where you have children, you'll connect with people that have children. And even if you don't, like you say, you can get in. Like I've been working in a nursery, which has been absolutely delightful to play with like little two-year-olds for the day. They're slight you up. And yeah, to really put roots down into places and with intention that supports you to have a nourishing full life you know where you connected to all these different areas it's always going to be there isn't it and like you say you, you know the children you know the parents you can see them grow you can learn things from all these different little humans and and adults about being a human and processing things develops trust as well yeah yeah and and the children are just such delights to be with. Like, I often preferred being with the kids to the adults in those days. Hey, yeah. I, just, I could just there. There's no, um, there's no inhibitions. They're, they they just say what they want to say, and if they don't like something, they'll let you know straight away. If yeah. they like something, they're. they're uh, you meet those um, young adults now on the streets, and they'll just talk to you like like you know, with, you know, very respectfully and. And like you know, they they know us, and because we, we you know we've we've known them for years, and it's it's a wonderful thing. We see them like that. One of them in particular was working in one of the hockey players. He he was he works you know like a manager in a, a local supermarket. He's been there for years now, and um, you you bump into them and you just. Say say hello, and they're willing. They just sort of say hello back to you, and how you been, and whatnot. Yeah, it's uh, wonderful. So lovely. Oh, yes, brilliant. When we had parties here for our kids, there was always dozens of kids, and we were lucky. We had the house that we didn't mind them. A dozen kids tearing around the house. <laughs> you know, we were never never worried about that. And that's amazing. And, and that was another thing that came up for me when you were sharing about, um, you know, the, how refreshing it is to be around children. And I often feel like adults think that, you know, I'm they just know meeting best. up with those kids today and, and you're like, oh, I remember. Yeah, they always remember the parties we had. And, yeah, because they were allowed to express themselves, right, and be kids. And, and hmm. a lot of places they can't do that. So it's so refreshing. And, yeah, to yeah. be open to learning from kids as well. I found it fascinating to observe toddlers, you know, um, resolving disputes and expressing their emotions and oh, so refreshing. There's so much that we can learn from the younger. We can all just learn so much from each other, can't we? All the different generations if we're, if we're open to it. Yeah, um, it's just the, I think sometimes we were like big kids as well and that's good to be able to do, you know, like 
um, Frank being the minty man with a, a big K-pop pillow and running around the yard with minties sewn onto his jacket trying to fend off the kids so that they couldn't take the minties off him, you know. Um, it's just <laughs> I wish that I'd filmed that because um, I'm sure it'd make top ten videos on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> And just like, the parents just standing at the top of the stairs, just laughing, full, full gut laughing at what Frank's trying to do, and then the kids tackling him to the ground, and like, oh no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, just being playful, right? Allowing ourselves to be playful. Mm. And I think it also means that when those kids grow up, they have permission to do the same thing, you know, like. that they can say, oh, let's do the minty man. And the, the, I'm sure the wives go, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the minty man, you know, Frank's yeah. minty man. And stick to all these lollies on for me. And you've got to fight for your lollies. So, hey, yeah. it doesn't come easy. That's such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that as well, like giving people permission by, by being our true selves. And like yeah. expressing ourselves, we give other people permission to do that too, and that's so that's life changing. You know, one one party that someone attends and experiences that could change their whole view of parenting or whatever it may be. So it's just a nice reminder to yeah, have fun. But you don't think of that at the time when you're doing it. It's just um, you know, I like party games, and this is yeah. when the good ones. Yeah, even piñatas making them so hard that they can't crack them open. <laughs> so, <laughs> killing the beast, you know. <laughs> Work with hockey stick. Yeah. <laughs> then when they do crack them out, oh, there's only one lolly each in it anyhow. <laughs> fun is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Good fun. Like when when I first met her, we travelled on a, on a motorbike, and uh, we went up to North Queensland, and we worked on a prawn trawler up mm-hmm. in the Gulf of Carpentaria, fishing for prawns. And then after that, we we rode south and uh, down to to Victoria, and then we picked fruit down there. And um, from there, we ended up in the Snowy Mountains. And so we worked together. We worked together on the trawler. Then we worked together picking fruit. Then we got down to the Snowy Mountains. We worked worked together as cleaners. And then we took on a cleaning contract. And then we took on, we got invited to do a, a partnership in a restaurant and we worked together. And so a good part of our early life, we, we worked together and we were together like 24-7. You know? None of it was about making um, big money. You know, it was just, we were, we were just, these jobs just come along. And if you were willing to have a go, um, things just, just seemed to happen for us, you know. Yeah. yeah it was a great, great lifestyle. And do you and feel like of, that? You had that sort of shared intention to kind of be in union and and build that lifestyle together and have like a shared future vision and a shared vision for where you were at then through that time. At that stage, um, you know, we weren't even thinking about having children or um, really committing our, our lives to each other. We were just, it was like a big adventure. We were 
just traveling from one place to another and whatever job came along just just that seemed to happen and yeah. um, it wasn't until we um, had been in that one place for for like the five years that we decided um, it was it was time that we I think it was we were 30 by then it was time that we got serious with with life and yeah. um, decided that we'd get married then. And you invited all the village, didn't you, to your wedding? I think oh. that was just a good excuse for a party. Yes. <laughs> Another party. Exactly. <laughs> and I love that, that, that you welcomed everybody in as well. Like you were saying, meta with your experience of connecting with your roots in Holland and how it's everyone's congratulated and that whole sort of shared celebration as well of having your wedding and opening, opening that up to the community. What a beautiful idea, you know, it's like that, I feel like that um, attitude of abundance rather than scarcity in, in life and in everything really to just know that when you give, you receive more back, like you say. So it's just this beautiful flow rather than being like, this is mine and this is my house and, you know, not trusting. It's, it comes back to that trust, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think when you trust other people, like I said earlier, you're more likely to get that, have them trust you. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's that energy that, that you can use um, to both advantages. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people that in our travel, uh, you are a willing worker. You seem to, to gain a lot more respect from from other people. To to um, uh, and then they they you know they would accept you into their community. They know that you're willing to have a go and and work. Yes, definitely, and that's something that I've kept with me. And when I moved to Tasmania as well just being open and, and putting your hand up and saying, yeah, I can do that and having a go. And mm. I did just continue on with that, with that, you know, I was doing all sorts in Tasmania, gardening, yeah. working outside at the eco village and then running a cafe. So yeah, it's good fun to just flow yeah. with it and trust, you know. Well, it's been such a beautiful conversation. I feel like my cheeks are hurting from like smiling for the whole for the whole session. It's been so lovely. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to share for people to be inspired about the community? About our community? Just get involved um, at whatever level you can manage, whatever time you've got. And and the, when you do that, you'll um, become much more um, embedded in that community on a good level and share any skills that you have, even though you think it's a, not a very valuable skill. The skills that you have, are perhaps some that others haven't got, and that's, that's so important um, that you're valued in, in the community and, and things that you don't hold as valuable, you'll come to realise are valuable even if it's um, the gift of conversation it's um, something that's very much underrated and to be able to open up and speak to people and and use that communication in a positive way as you're doing um, is brilliant you know I've been listening to um, several podcasts and it's so enlightening hearing other people's stories and 
and um, the skills that they have. And it makes me want to do even more. Um, I, like permaculture is one that I would like to get more involved in. And it just opens up the world. And it's so important to share your skills and um, your time with other people. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I think people you, just okay. will trust you more if, if they can see that you're willing, willing to work and um, willing to help out wherever you can. Yeah. Yeah, even just like putting your hand up for working bees at, at the school, you know, that sort of thing. If they, they um, any sort of volunteer working work, helping out with the, you know, at, at your sport fields and with, with just cooking the barbecue at the sports ground, you know. So I did quite a lot and people seem to respect you a lot more for that sort of thing Definitely. get in there and help out do a bit but don't forget to have a little bit of time for yourself <laughs> you don't do that too. allow oh. time to relax <laughs> yeah well thank you so so much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up guys and yeah, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. And I'm so excited to release this and to, uh, to share it with the world. You know, I've such a special experience that I had with you. And whenever I tell anyone bits about it or longer chunks of it, they're just like, wow, oh my goodness. And I'm just, yeah, feel very blessed to have experienced that and to be able to share this for other people's inspiration as well. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for it's the privilege been, of doing it. It's yeah. been lovely, Nikki. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and enjoying this special journey with us. It felt amazing to reflect on my special time living with the wonderful Metro and Frank. What amazing people they are. I'm so pleased we can share this with you and watch this space for more inspiring conversations in the realms of intentional travel, community, healing, holistic lifestyle, the magic of dance and movement medicine and lots more.